You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Forty man deadline day gave us a lot of action, and we got a lot to break down here on the call up. I'm Arm Layton. He's Jack McMullen, and we got trades. We got roster, I guess, moves. Right, guys left off that are going to be exposed to the Rule Five draft. We're going to try to fly through as much of it as we can. But wow, uh, a, a lot of fun action if you're a baseball nerd, which is most of us. Yes, a hundred percent. I like to call this. Listen, my hands are tied season, right? Yeah. Like, hey, there, there's not much I can do here. I, I, I got to figure something out. I got to wheel and deal in very minor ways. And that's where we get off, folks. Yeah. So get juiced because we are going to obsess over the minor baseball moves. Correct. Don't give a crap about Tyler Anderson. Uh, when I when we go to the Just Baseball show and record that, I will care more about the Tyler Anderson three-year well, Tyler deal. Tyler Anderson is my favorite player when you record the Just Baseball yes, show. Correct. Now, I don't know who that is. Correct. Right now, I want to talk about you know some of the trades first, right? And then we'll get into some of the surprises maybe of guys that were left off of the 40-man that will now be exposed to the Rule 5 draft. And then this will not be all of our 40 men rule five draft coverage. We will also have, I'm going to be continuing to work on top rule five draft eligible prospects. So we'll have more discussion on it, but right now we just kind of wanted to keep you up to date and add a little bit of color to you know, some of the players that were left off or some that were, you know, surprisingly added as well. It kind of goes both ways. And when you see a player added, it shows you it's a really good opportunity for a team to show you how they feel about some of their players, right? Somebody that we might not be as high on from the outside. You see them added to the 40 man. It shows you what they think of him. So there's a couple of those takeaways. We have two. I figure we hammer out the trades first though, real quick. Cause there were a few interesting trades that involve prospects. Uh, where do you want to start? We got a few good ones. We got Nolan Jones going to Colorado, we got Xavier yeah. Edwards headed over to the Marlins for a couple of interesting lower level pitching prospects that I think, um, people should know about as well. And the Rays I can promise you specifically targeted those two guys. We got a few other trades too. Tay Oscar heading over to the Mariners. Again, that's more of a just baseball breakdown, but we're going to talk about who went back over the other way. And Adam Mako being one of them, a uh, very interesting left-handed pitching prospect as well. So we got a lot of different places we can start trade wise. 
Yeah, we do. Um, my thought personally is let's start with our favorite team in the Colorado Rockies uh, <laughs> because they got better yesterday. They really did. I like that Nolan Jones grab a lot. And I saw you tweet. It's what Aram Layton ate if we're in the Twitter plugging phase of, of the call up here. Of course. Because um, we can't plug just BB Media right now anymore. Nope. L. But no. uh, yeah, man, I. I saw you say this kind of power can reign supreme at Coors Field. And, and I think that's exactly what can happen here. And the reason that we, that we like the Rockies so much is because they don't really have that. Like, wh- what do they have coming up? They've got um, a great – I'm just working around the diamond in my head right now. They've got a great bat-to-ball switch hitting catcher. That's one of their top prospects in Drew Romo. That'll be the guy moving forward. At first, you've got Michael Tolio, who's got you know immense power – where else do you find it? Brendan Rogers. How about Ezekiel Tovar, who is a bat to ball guy? Ryan McMahon's not necessarily that type. Chris Bryant's a launch angle guy and left, but then the other guys coming up, Veen, you want to find that 30 homer pop. Um, but if you can add a middle of the order mashing prospect, do it. Colorado just did that with Nolan Jones. Like this is the kind of guy that can park it third or fourth deck in right field at course. Yeah. And I think they they were aware of exactly what you just hit on. Cause you look at the layers of the farm system, right? The guys that are close to big league ready, or even the guys that are in that like second layer of proximity to the big leagues. Most of those guys are exactly what you just alluded to, but the most recent layer, right? The lower level prospects, the recently drafted, recently signed guys are toolsy, power dudes, right? We look at Benny Montgomery. We look at Sterling Thompson, two, six, four, 200 pound high school guys that have huge upside. Jordan Beck, who they drafted out of Tennessee, huge power as well. But all those guys are really far off. So when you look at who has power that's close to the big league level, you got Warming Burnabell, who I still would argue is hit over power, but I think the power will tick up. You have Michael Tolia, as you mentioned, as kind of that one guy. Grant Levine, you'd think would have more power, but he's not really a thumper. He's more of a, a bat-to-ball doubles guy, even though he's 6'4", 220. So Nolan Jones gives them a thumper. And, and what I really like is that He held his own in that big league debut last year. And he's a guy that I've definitely been torn on through the years. You know, you look at where he lines up defensively. That's a little bit of a question. I think he's continued to get better at third base, but ultimately it seems like left field or right field could be the long-term option there. And uh, if he's able to play first base and corner outfield at even an average level or slightly below you know, that, that should be fine. I am concerned about Nolan Jones defensively in a cavernous outfield uh, over there you know, in, in Colorado, but I'm really focused on the bat here. And and what you're getting is plus plus raw power now going to the best place for guys like him. And he also walks a ton. So even though you're going to get some swing and miss, which, you know, that that's going to come with the territory here with Nolan Jones, he's vastly improved against lefties. He has really gotten more comfortable overall at hitting velocity. He needs to improve a little bit with breaking balls, but guess what? Breaking balls aren't nearly as good at altitude. So I'm expecting him to be one of my, my favorite fantasy sleepers going into next year. And I think he can put up some really big numbers with the plus plus raw power and continued improvement with his overall hit tool, which seemed far off before now is, you know, closer to average. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And, you know, I I thought this was a a deal that was mutually beneficial here because Nolan Jones was a guy that I think a lot of people experienced prospect fatigue with because he was such a highly touted prospect uh, for so long. And the guardians kind of make their money on guys popping up as they develop within the system versus Nolan Jones felt like the golden ticket guy. He was dealing with injury real quick aside defensively. You mentioned maybe he's a first baseman corner outfield type. I saw 
saw him make his first appearance of the season in right uh, in 2022, he was not anywhere close to even serviceable. Like he was full blown bad. He was He's brutal in, in right fit. Yeah, he was. Yeah, brutal, I'm, but, I'm interested to see what they do defensively, man, with him. Yeah, I. I honestly think that can be corrected in an off season. Like you, you might be Andrew Vaughn bad, but Andrew Vaughn doesn't look like he's, he's, you know, uh, pooping himself every time a fly yeah. balls hit his way. And I, I don't think that's going to be Nolan Jones. Um, he's also a good athlete, but he didn't really fit the guardians mold. Like he's not a guy that I think no. Cleveland wanted to hang their hat on and make a part of their future plans. That doesn't mean that Nolan Jones is a bad prospect or a bad player. He can absolutely be part of the future plans for other organizations. And I think the Rockies ID that and said, you know what? He might not be the future of the guardians, but Hey, he could be a part of the future of the Rockies. Absolutely. And and again, you talk about him not being a, a guardians guy who they go get is exactly a guardians guy. Juan Brito, a, a very underrated infield prospects. Probably he's listed as a shortstop, probably a second baseman, but a switch hitter, 21 years old, put up good numbers in low a bat to ball guy. Uh, not much power here. I, I don't even see that much power projection as he's kind of 5'10", 160, 170 pounds, but bat to ball from both sides of the plate, 88% zone contact. Again, he's not going to hit the ball hard, but he could you know, sneak a few homers over the wall, but he probably pro- projects as a second baseman, bat to ball skills from both sides. It just seems like the perfect Guardians guy, right? Hit over power, uh, some sneaky athleticism that slides into, you know, maybe multiple infield spots. And if you look at the the Rockies, they have a million of those guys already that have way more upside than Brito. So it makes sense that this deal was made. And and one of those just perfect, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of deals for two teams that matched up really well. You know, it, it's like wanting to trade five $1 bills for a $5 bill. Yeah. The Guardians have so many bat-to-ball middle infielders. It's like, here, will two bat-to-ball middle infielders get it done for this guy? No? How about four? No? How about six? How many do you want? Like, they have – if you were to sort their prospects into buckets, bat-to-ball center fielders, bat-to-ball shortstops, <laughs> command first pitching prospects. Yep. They all fit one of those three buckets and everybody on the outside, like Will Benson is in his own world because he's a high OBP, a lot of swing and miss, good thump corner outfielder. And I think that's who they ultimately picked over Nolan Jones. Yeah. And and I would do it. I don't blame him for it. He's more athletic. He's better defensively. And and I think more upside as well. And if I'm not mistaken, a little bit younger also. So a great deal for both sides. Keep an eye on Nolan Jones. I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities next year. And I think the power is going to be impressive. Gap to gap uses the whole field. He's going to take advantage of those just wide spaces, wide gaps out there in Denver. Next trade. We want to hit on Xavier Edwards real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, for the Marlins, it makes sense. I think the full breakdown is Xavier Edwards and JT. Is this Chargois? I think Chargois. Yeah. Chargois for Santiago, Santiago Suarez and Marcus Johnson. So you might not know who Suarez and Johnson are. Johnson was a recent draft pick by the Marlins, out of Duke, underrated guy, didn't put up great numbers at Duke, but I heard nothing but great things from some of his former teammates at Duke. And uh, just, I think a lot in the industry really like his stuff. Not surprising that the Marlins, a good organization at identifying pitching talent, liked him and snagged him. And then the Rays, they we know what they do with pitching. Same thing, they liked him and ID'd him as well. I'm sure he was a guy that they were on during the draft. Also, usually when you see somebody get drafted, or traded, excuse me, this close to being drafted, Usually that means that 
the team that's acquiring him was in on him on the draft as well. Santiago Suarez is a name that not many may know. Dominican Summer League arm, big time upside as a really athletic pitcher, already in the low 90s as a teenager, good breaking ball, already a little bit of a feel for a changeup. This is the Rays IDing a guy and trying to buy as low as possible uh, before he comes stateside. And, you know, it might be that latest Marlins international free agent pitcher that looks really good. I think Suarez has a lot of upside. But if you're the Marlins, you got to do this, right? They need a bullpen arm. They go get one. And <clears throat> they need more infield help. They need bat to ball guys. This is exactly what Kim Ang, Marlins general manager, ID'd as the profile of the kind of players that they want bat to ball, glove, speed. And Xavier Edwards fits all of those, you know, buckets, I would say. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Shagwa, apparently. Shagwa. 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 Uh, JT Shagwa, 31-year-old, uh, previously a second-round pick. You know he's got talent. That, that's the guy that they can try in the Marlins bullpen. I mean, like, listen, if you're he, I can promise you he will be tried plenty. Yeah, like – anybody can audition in the Miami Marlins bullpen over the last couple of years. I think we've learned that, but Xavier Edwards is, is the really big piece to analyze here. And you said it, this is the kind of guy that Kim Ang wanted to add to the fold. She did an excellent job finding somebody that fit that mold perfectly. Like, doesn't it kind of feel like she was describing Xavier Edwards when she yes. was talking about that? So mm -hmm. um, I, I think she had an idea, you know, it's like when, um, I was talking to uh, an athletic director in the Mac and they were, I, I asked, I was like, you know, what kind of bowl connections are you at? And they were like, well, um, you know, we're talking to a variety of bowls, but one of which, um, you know, the Bahama, like it, it's almost like, you know, exactly what you're thinking. You're trying to describe it vaguely. And then all of a sudden the, the vagueness slips. And that's yeah. what Kim Ang did, right? She was trying to describe Xavier Edwards without describing Xavier Edwards. And then here we go. The Marlins trade for Xavier Edwards. Yeah. So I, and, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was going to ask, like, this guy should make Marlins fans happy. No. Yeah. I mean, look, I, as, as someone that's still pretty plugged into to the Marlins, you know, fan side of things on, on social media and everything like that, you know, I saw mixed reactions. You can't, be upset with this deal. I assure those two pitching prospects could end up being interesting, exciting, whatever the, the Marlins have so many arms. They're trading from the lowest of lowest level to try to get a player that can help them this year and beyond in an area that they really needed it. And look, I, I think you have to be happy with this. Am I a little bit skeptical of Xavier Edwards upside? Absolutely. But you know what? The Marlins are not trying to get superstars right now in the infield for, for a couple of lower level guys. This is somebody that can help them immediately. And, and the difference is if Jordan Groshans doesn't hit Jordan Groshans is, is, is relatively useless, right? Yes. If Xavier Edwards is not impacting the baseball much, you know, if he's you know, hitting 270 and really only OPSing in the high 600s, which is ironically kind of what he did this year in triple a, as a 22 year old for most of the season, he's still going to give you value, right? He's, he's a plus plus runner. He's a phenomenal defender at second base. He would be a shortstop, a true shortstop. If the arm wasn't a little short, uh, that's one thing that watching the video stood out to me, but he can still get by at shortstop or even third, got some reps at third this year. I think he made 20 starts there in Durham as well. Like he can play those spots when you need him to just over the course of an entire season, the arm is going to start to knock him down and knock him down a little bit when you, you know, it's like death by a million paper cuts. But yeah. when you're there for a few games, he can absolutely 
tackle it because his footwork is so good and the arm is just strong enough. But at second base, he's an elite defender. You imagine a middle infield where I, I imagine what I've kind of gathered from you know the cryptic messaging of the Marlins is that the plan is to put Jazz Chisholm at shortstop, and I think that's what they should do. That's a middle infield of Jazz Chisholm and Xavier Edwards is dynamic. It's exciting. And Xavier Edwards at the top of your order is, is really fun because I think for this team, like you're not going to outslug anybody. But if you can get guys on base, you can be scrappy and play elite defense behind a really good pitching staff. This seems like exactly what what the Marlins kind of needed. My question on Edwards is, can he hit the ball hard enough to even be a doubles guy? And I feel like that question is, is kind of screwed up, but 90th percentile exit velocity of 96 or 97.6 miles per hour. That's I'd venture to say that's, that's the lowest I've, I've seen. Um, But again, he's fast. He doesn't whiff. He walks a lot. He's got a really good approach. So if he's able to just spray the baseball, you could have a really solid second baseman here. What's the floor? And I I know that you don't like this guy that I'm about to bring up at all, but the floor is a lot like Vidal Brujan, right? Like if, if he doesn't hit, if Edwards doesn't hit, he provides defensive versatility and a lot of speed, right? He's a hole in the lineup but defensive versatility and a lot of speed. It's it's someone you still have to constantly consider rostering at any given point, considering what he does um, with the bat not in his hands. Now, if the bat is good, that answers every question, and Xavier Edwards has the opportunity to be an everyday second baseman at the major league level. That is worth the price of two low-level prospects. Absolutely. Last thing I'll say on, on Edwards is, yeah, I think the floor is, is is relatively similar. I'd say he's a higher floor guy than Bruhan, lower ceiling, of course, because at least with Edwards, again, you're not going to get the strikeouts. Ball, he's going to walk. Play. Yeah, he's going to put balls in play. He's going to be a pest. And I, I love the defense at second. I think Bruhan's capable there too. He just has plays all over. Um, but yeah, it, the ceiling's definitely a little bit more limited. What I will say though, is you look at Edwards at each level, he has hit really well. And it wasn't like when he got to triple, all of a sudden this guy stunk. He was fantastic through his first 40 games uh, uh, in AAA. Hit 299, 362, 439. It's an 802 OPS. And the ex-Woba kind of pointed towards that, not really being luck. This wasn't batted ball luck. It was just, he was going through a nice stretch here. He even had a pair of home runs or four home runs in those first 40 games. Then I guess AAA adjusted to him a little bit and he struggled a bit down the stretch, but he was again, a 22 year old in AAA. So you imagine he gets to either build on that this year with a, another taste of AAA. And if he can be even somewhere between that 802 OPS and the 680 OPS we saw the rest of the way, if he's a mid 700s OPS guy with his speed, needs to work on the base stealing efficiency, which can come, and the defense could be a three win player every year, which I'm taking at second base. If the defense is even better than we think it can be, which I think is very possible, could be a four win player at second base. I mean, look at Tommy Edmond. So it, there's there's definitely some upside here, and and I think it's it's a great pickup for the Marlins. So what I will say is, uh, in terms of personality, I've heard wonderful, wonderful things um, about Xavier Edwards from his time in Fort Wayne as a 19-year-old. I I could say the same from just South Florida ties, but that's great to hear. 
Yeah, I mean, 77 games, dude hit 336. So obviously he was in a good mood all the time because he was in 340. <laughs> yeah. So he's going to he be nice like, when you're hitting 340. <laughs> yeah, I, I shit, I'd be I'd be an angel if I was hitting 340 in low A as a 19 year old. But yeah, I, I've heard great things about the makeup of Xavier Edwards. Um, the the other thing and the last thing that I got to say about Xavier Edwards and and Chisholm is the tandem. Uh, obviously, the ultimate goal of baseball teams is to win a lot of baseball games. But there are a couple other checkpoints that you want to be clearing um, if you are a small market baseball team. And that is putting a certain number of butts in seats, and that is getting a certain number of eyeballs on TV sets. Mm-hmm. And a middle infield of Jazz Chisholm at short and Xavier Edwards at second base, I think if things are going smoothly, will accomplish both of those things. Absolutely. You know, I would love to have that like dynamic. I know Chisholm's very different than, you know, Luis Castillo and Juan Pierre, but I would love to have that one, two punch of the middle infield, you know, at the top of the order. And I could see a Luis Castillo type of, of player for Edwards if, if, if he's able to hit enough, which would be a, a lot of fun. I agree though. That middle infield is, is something that should draw people in. It's exciting. And Edwards is a hometown kid from South Florida, uh, North Broward prep, which is you know, not far away from, from where he's going to be playing his games at the big league level. So let's get to the big trade. Uh, and by big trade, it's the most notable big leaguer. I yeah. wouldn't say necessarily the most notable prospect dealt. I would say that was probably Nolan Jones uh, across, you know, this last 24 to 48 hours, but yeah, maybe Edwards ahead of Mako too. Probably you get a pretty interesting deal here though. You get somebody like Teoscar Hernandez heading over to Seattle. Again, we'll talk more about that side of things on the just baseball show. Uh, love it for them though. I think it's, and I think Teoscar is, is a phenomenal hitter. People were like, Oh, but why is the return so light? Well, it's because he's already kind of expensive in arbitration and he's in his last year of control here. So they had to be a little bit creative. The blue Jays on, on what they wanted to target here, right? You could probably get an upper, Miners guy with limited upside or a lower miners guy with high upside and more risk. They go with the latter. And Adam Matko is, is one of the main pieces coming back here and left-handed pitching prospect to he's a tough read because he's 5'11, 175 pounds. He's 21 years old. The stuff ticked up over in Arizona, which is important. But at the same time in Arizona, he's pitching two, three inning spurts. Whereas during the regular season, five, six inning spurts. So are not spurts, five, six inning outings. Yeah. Um, it was nice to see the VLO bump because he was throwing curveballs in the upper sixties, which is okay. Cause they have, they have great shape and they were, they're nasty Two really good breaking balls, fastball more in the low nineties. He was more 91, 92. Now goes to the fall league more 93, 94, and that breaking ball more in the low seventies, that slider more in the low eighties. He's a, he's a tough read because the command is not all the way there yet either. But again, this is a guy that could blossom into a really good pitcher. So uh, this year in Everett, high a as a 21 year old uh, sub four ERA across eight starts. It was like just sub four, three, nine, nine thing that jumps out, right? 14 K's per nine, 4.7 walks per nine, 38 in the third innings. He had 60 punch outs and 20 walks. Fall league stuff ticks up. Command goes in the gutter. It walked 13 guys in 13 and a third innings. Mm. Like I, I understand short spurts, but you can't walk 13 guys in 13 and a third innings. Um, real quick on, on Adam Mako born in Bratislava, Slovakia. The, uh, he shares a hometown with Syracuse basketball icon, Marek Dolezal. Wow. For those who are wondering, and that is why, uh, I hate myself as, as a person <laughs> knowing that Adam Mako and, and Marek Dolezal are from the same place. That's crazy. I wonder what the story is behind him being born in 
Yeah, Slovakia. because his name is not Dolezal. It's Mako. I, it's I Mako. think that he's an American born in Slovakia. Yeah. So I mean, to, to get back to you know, the, the point of, of <laughs> baseball. You know, Adam Mako yeah, in baseball, yeah. uh, obviously Eric Swanson also going in that deal. He's going to help the Blue Jays bullpen big time. But uh, Mako is a needed, you know, another needed arm in the Jays system that lacks, you know, those layers of pitchers. You know, we, we've noted that I will say Nate Pearson has looked really good in the, in, um, in the winter league. And I think that's extremely encouraging, but you can't bank on that. Ricky Tiedemann is fantastic, but you, you need those layers of, of pitching prospects. Right. And, and they don't really have that. Matt goes, it's just another iron in the fire, but the, the breaking balls are his, his best pitches. And they're also extremely hard to locate because they have so much depth. And when you have that issue, guys are going to sit on the fastball, dare you to locate the breaking balls and more advanced hitters in the fall league did just that. And he walked a lot of guys. So he's a name to monitor, but you know, in a trade where, where the, the return is going to be limited, Blue Jays opted to help their big league team. And then in the priority of Swanson, they could have got a better prospect. I think people really underestimate how good Swanson was as a reliever. And that's why the prospect return was lesser. But Mako is no throw in low level lottery ticket. This is a, a solid prospect that will slot into probably their top, definitely their top 15, potentially a little bit better than that. Pipeline's got him at eight uh, and the pipeline right up here. Uh, pipeline likes him, I think, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, first sentence from Pipeline. Mako grew up in Ireland, graduated high school in Alberta, Canada, but he was born in Slovakia. That's crazy. It's electric. Yeah, it is electric. electric. Um, So you're obviously getting a guy that you hope can end up in the back of your rotation, maybe a middle reliever. Um, You are getting a lights out bullpen arm for a guy with one year left. The Mariners are going for it. The Blue Jays got a good return for a guy that Felt like was on the block, right? Yeah. I, I know yeah. how talented Teoscar Hernandez is, but when you know that a guy is available for purchase, his price goes down. Yep, That's why you never want to leak your hand. And I feel like Ross Atkins kind of leaked his hand last year on Teoscar Hernandez. It was like, hey, definitely. I'm not I, sure it, he fits in. Yeah. Yeah, no, it seemed like, you know, the Marlins were tied to him and, and I have, you know, pretty good authority on on what I've heard from and where the Marlins were at there that he was available to them in, in negotiations as well. And so I think that kind of started to spread around the league a little bit. Reports started to come out and uh, I think it became known that the Jays were looking to move on from Teoscar and, and, and try to solidify that outfield a little bit differently. So impacts your return there. Did we get any other trades that that we might be missing anything of of note? Not off the top of the dome. There was a, um, wasn't there a Rays and Diamondbacks trade um, for a nice arm to Arizona? Am I wrong yes. about that? No, you're you're not wrong. But we'll, we'll try we'll try to circle back and and dig up any other deals in the meantime. Should we start getting into forty man discussion? I'm in. Yeah. And I think the best way to go about that is rapid fire. Um, you know, MLB.com did a did a good job of you know, guys that are in their top 30 prospects that were protected, that were not protected. And, um, you know, we, we can honestly just fly through team by team. You know, we'll, we'll mention notable guys that were protected and not protected. Giants raise real quick. Brett wisely swapped for Tristan Peters. Just want to note this because these are two very intriguing prospects kind of back end top 30 guys, maybe a little bit better than that. Wisely 40 man crunch guy as well. I thought him and Edwards would be, you know, in that, kind of axe zone for the Rays. Wisely's toolsy, swing and miss in his game, but definitely worth a shot for the Giants. Giants end up flipping Peters again. And Tristan Peters was traded for Trevor Rosenthal. Yeah. Who never threw an inning 
for the Brewers, which was weird because Peters, look up his numbers, had a really good year overall. So these are two kind of interesting prospects. I think one team, you know, needed a little bit more infield depth. Another team needed a little bit more outfield depth. And so they make that swap of two guys that are almost identical in, in terms of where you would peg them. Um, so I, I thought that was an, an interesting move as well. But let's hop into the 40 man situation. We'll go team by team, fly through it. If there's any interesting takeaways, you can stop me or I'll stop you and we'll go from there. All right. Perfect. The Diamondbacks will go alphabetically. And again, MLB Pipeline, great job on this. And we'll have our top rule five prospects coming out probably early next week. Yes. Dominic Fletcher added no brainer. He was fantastic in the upper minors. Blaze Alexander shortstop prospect added. I, I thought that was interesting because he had a phenomenal year, but, you know, a very underrated name, IMG Academy kid, some whiff in his game, but dynamic enough. They didn't want to risk it. Then they also add Jorge Barosa, Carlos Vargas, and Justin Martinez. Nothing crazy. You know, I, I like in terms of guys that they didn't add, uh, Wildered Patino, but he's far off. Uh, another outfielder, Dominic Canzone, and then Connor Grams, a right-handed pitcher. Yeah, so Grammis is actually pretty interesting. Connor Grammis was a Xavier guy. He was a two-way guy at Xavier. The only reason I know much about Connor Grammis was he was in Brewster when I was in Brewster. Um, this guy was a wrestler in high school. He uh, didn't commit all of his time to baseball until he got to Xavier. He had no offers. He shot Xavier huh. in the email and was like, hey, um, I think I'm good. Give me a shot. All of a sudden, he shows up on the Cape, and he's touching 99. This is, this is wow. a guy that had Tommy John, but... You know, he's 95 to 97, doesn't really know where it's going. Um, and far but, off. Hey, yeah, and, and far off. But again, this is a guy that's 95 to 97. If if he figures out command in the slightest, he can be a big league reliever. I don't think he's going to get touched in the Rule 5 or the minor league Rule 5. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So uh, not nothing too controversial over there with, with the Diamondbacks. And, you know, that's a, kind of a blessing and a curse, right? Usually you want to have a 40 man issue because that means you've got, you got a lot, a lot of, of guys that are good. Yeah. yeah. You got a lot of talent. So surprising though, because they do end up DFAing, if I'm not mistaken, uh, was it stone Garrett, right? They, did so. they not end up uh, optioning stone Garrett or, or DFA? Uh, I'll tell you right now. Um, stone Garrett was DFA. Pretty surprising given that, you know, I, that maybe they could justify that roster spot over somebody else, but you know, that remains to be seen. We'll see how, how that goes with stone Garrett, who looks really good, even at the big league level, they designate stone Garrett, Jordan Luplo and Sergio Alcantara. Yeah. The other two make sense. I was surprised to see stone Garrett, uh, but we know how many outfielders they have and you know, they might still be able to swing a trade potentially. Yeah. Atlanta Braves, they add Braden Shoemake. They yeah. add Darius vines Shoemake. We, we've seen him all the way through college. He's at the very least a utility type guy, but I think he can be better than that. There's hope that he could be a regular, especially given that the Braves have some uncertainty at shortstop. Always good to have a, a emergency plan, right? They don't have a ton of depth in their system shortstop wise. We know they're going to get somebody, you know, there, whether it's returning to Ansby or signing somebody else, but you want to always have somebody that's close to big league ready. That is a good contingency plan. They don't have a lot of other guys. Von Grissom, they don't really trust as a true shortstop, at least as far as I have seen in terms of the defense. Um, so Shoemake is a guy that kind of a no brainer. Vines was, was really good for them this year as well through the upper minors. Fastball just has some good life to it. And he was able to get a lot of guys out. Rodery Munoz, another underrated right-handed pitching prospect who they add as well. Surprised that no Victor Vodnik 
on the 40 man. That was probably one of my bigger surprises of this whole thing. Vodnik is nasty, probably ready for a big league bullpen now. And that's what really surprised me. Is there something we're missing here with Vodnik is I look at the numbers. I look at the stuff. I'm very surprised that the 23 year old was left off the 40. No, I mean, this is going to be one of the one of the best rule five draft prospects because he is a big league reliever. Now he could be a big league setup guy now, but you, you got to think about the situation that he's in in Atlanta. It's a really fucking good bullpen, man, like yeah. a really good bullpen. So if you feel like Vodnik is not going to immediately impact your bullpen in a positive way for a team that wants to win the World <laughs> Series in 2023, probably not worth a 40 man spot when you can you know hold on to a guy like Shoemaker. Absolutely. Exactly. Especially when you are the Atlanta Braves with with what they have pitching wise, as you mentioned. But for those who are looking forward to the rule five draft again, this is this is going to be circle Victor Vodnik, six feet tall, 190 pounds, 96 mile an hour fastball from that low release point. It explodes. It rides out of his hand. Twenty five percent end zone whiff rate on a fastball is elite. And then guess what his go-to out pitch is? A changeup. So when you have a guy that has that riding fastball and the changeup off of it, he could be a really nasty fastball changeup back end of the bullpen type of guy. This is going to be a prime target for a lot of teams looking to add to their bullpen. The Marlins, I'm I'm circling him for, for Marlins fans right there too because he he could be their closer by the end of the year uh, with with how how desperate they are for guys with stuff like his. Yeah, I'm going to need him wearing like a LeBron James uh, big, loose white suit on Rule 5 draft day because I think he might go <laughs> number one overall. such a big shit. They're going to invite him to MLB Network. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean put on the new hat. Yeah. I, dude, if they're ever going to do it, I mean, this is this is the draft <laughs> to do it. Tanner Gordon, you know, it was kind of expected to be left off. He struggled in double in A. I still like him as a pitching prospect. I don't know if anybody takes him given the talent in this year's Rule 5 and, and given his struggles overall in double A. Um Nothing really else on the other guys. I, I thought other than that, it, the big surprise was Victor Vodnik. Again, Darius Fines, number 15 in MLB pipeline, but them selecting him instead of Vodnik shows you, I think, what they're hoping to get out of him as a potential back end of the rotation starter. 100%. Orioles, not much suspense here. Um, I saw a tweet from, uh, shoot, I, I saw a tweet from from somebody that covers the minor leagues, and and it made me laugh because... It was like something along the lines of you can relax Orioles fans. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez is added to the, the 40 man roster. I was like, I, I hope he's kidding. Like, obviously there wasn't much suspense there, but Grayson Rodriguez added Seth Johnson added Joey Ortiz added and drew Rom added. Also Noah Denoyer gets added. Nobody left off. The Orioles did not have much issue there because they made some trades of vets. They, the way the 40 man shook out for them, a lot of their top prospects were not real five eligible. They're in a great spot right now. Grayson, we don't need to talk about. Seth Johnson was acquired, undergoing Tommy John surgery right now. So, you know, he's going to be on the IL. Joey Ortiz is one of the biggest risers. We just talked about him. I got a lot of crap from Orioles fans for not putting him in the top 10. I'd argue I probably easily could have put him in the top 10 instead of Heston Kerstad. Shortstop prospect, great glove, ridiculously good finish to the season in AAA. Not only is he a 40-man guy, no-brainer for them, I think he could force his way into the big leagues for them this coming season because of the glove as well, especially if we don't see, you know, Jordan Westberg get off to the start that we thought. And then Drew Rom, one of the few pitching prospects that they had homegrown outside of Grayson Rodriguez that, you know, it looked pretty good. Uh, yeah. You got anything on on either of the arms of Denoyer or, or Drew Rom? I don't. Uh, they protected everybody they needed to protect and there was no serious decision. Let's move on. Yep, I agree. Uh, just quick on Rom, lefty, 
37 and two thirds innings in triple A. He had a four, five, four ERA three, one, six FIP though, but good stuff. More than 10 strikeouts per nine. Denoyer should be a pretty solid reliever as well. Yeah. Red Sox. They had a lot of decisions to make. They add Sedan Rafaela, no brainer, Brandon Walter, no brainer. Rafaela, of course, phenomenal outfielder can play the infield. He's a plus defender, no matter where you stick him. So no brainer to add Walter, good left-handed pitcher, Murphy, good right-handed pitcher. Both I those guys. Could yep. be, yeah, Murphy's really good as well. That was a no-brainer. Welcome in Gonzalez does not get added. And I'll get to him in a second. I'll go to the two other guys or three other guys that got added. Emmanuel Valdez and Willier Abreu both get added. Second baseman is Valdez. Abreu's an outfielder. Both of those guys came over from the Astros in that Christian Vasquez deal. <laughs> Excuse me. I like both of them. I really do. I like both of those guys. I saw Abreu over in the Arizona Fall League. Valdez was fantastic in AAA. Both those guys could be solid big league bats. So no brainer to add there, both in the upper minors. David Hamilton gets added, which was a surprise to me, to be honest. And he came over in the Renfro trade, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, um, no. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Um, David Hamilton. Here's the book on him. He runs really fast. He runs very, very, very fast. But, you know, I think uh, he, he in double A last year. 251, 338, 402 slash line, but he's still 70 bases. Yeah. Like <laughs> when he's on base, he's running. So I think the way they look at it now is like, even if this guy doesn't hit, you've got a very, 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 very fast guy he's that can Dave play the Roberts. Time Bloom yeah. looks at this and says, he's Dave Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously not going to hit as well, but um, 70, 70 bags and 78 tries. Pretty impressive. They don't add Edison Paulino, welcoming Gonzalez, Thad Ward, who, you know, I thought was borderline, Brainer. Bonacci, I think so. And then Christian Koss. I would say, you know, Wilkeman Gonzalez is the best prospect of this bunch, yeah. but also did not pitch above the lower levels. So it would take some maniac team to, to, to stash him. I will say though, there might be a team out there that is fully rebuilding. Doesn't care about the 40 man spot. This is probably one of the more talented upside pitching prospects out there. That could be rule five eligible, but he's only thrown 17 innings above low A. So this would be a rare, rare, rare example of it. But crazier things have happened. Thad Ward had some pretty good strikeout numbers in double A. Yeah, uh, I like Thad Ward. I do like he is the tall and thin guy. That's a college arm. He was at UCF through 2018 through 2018. Um, he, he spent some time in the fall league this year after finishing in Portland and like he was fine. You mentioned good. He was like two, four, three in, in seven double A starts, but he was a five, one guy in a couple starts in Greenville. Um, he did not throw very often in, this year in minor league baseball. So he was one of those guys that, that needed to get out to the fall league just to throw a couple more innings, 12 and two thirds, 11 hits, four earned 15 punch outs, six walks. Like, yeah, he's a guy that has like decent enough stuff, but it's not worth a 40 man spot at this point. Yeah. I could see, you know, I think that's one where it's like, you, you hope you can hold on to him if you lose him. You know, you're like, damn, not the end of the world. Yeah. But it's not the end of the world. It's like, he's like a classic rule five guy. Yes. And in this rule five draft it might slide through. I will say, speaking of slide, his slider is his best pitch. It's nasty, but that's really all he's able to ride right now uh, to get outs. And you know, that might not be enough. Chicago Cubs added Brendan Davis, Kevin Alcantara, Ben Brown. No brainers across the board. We know Davis and Alcantara. Ben Brown acquired in the David Robertson trade. Yeah. Nasty. 
Nasty, nasty arm. I'm surprised the Phillies parted with him. That was like the mini Dombrowski. I'm still very proud of him for not trading Painter or Abel. The mini Dombrowski was trading a very exciting Ben Brown, who I think is going to be very good. They also had Ryan Jensen, someone who I got a chance to see and speak to over when I was in Pensacola and Tennessee was visiting. He was adjusting his mechanics, working on things. First round guy, I believe, or second round guy. Yeah, first he, round out of Fresno State. Yep. First round guy. So he's got the pedigree. Y- you got to give him a little bit longer. I like that was probably a tough decision. That was probably one they had to think through because he has not been fantastic in the minors. I like that decision because he does have a lot of upside still. You can see the first round pedigree with him, and he's got a lot of the intangibles I like too. Not added. Johandrick Pinango, a prospect I really like, but far off. I think they're saying, I dare you to take him and, and try yeah. and put that guy in the big leagues. Chase Strumpf, who was borderline. Luis Devers, Cole Franklin. Devers was disgusting this year. And that's, I think he won Cubs minor league pitcher of the year, if Good I'm man. not mistaken, because of his changeup, which is just absolutely out of this world. But, you know, ultimately still very far off. This is one where if a team really wants to take a shot, they could. And the Cubs were in a pinch anyways. That's why they didn't call up Matt Mervis. They would have had to self-impose an even bigger pinch. 51 innings in high A this year. He had a 1.05 ERA. Luis Devers did as a 22-year-old. I don't think anybody takes him, but that's another draft and stash guy with a plus-plus changeup if you really wanted to give it a shot. I don't think anyone does. No, I, I don't think... Anybody here is at risk, knock on wood for Cubs fans, because I know that they would be uh, curled up in fetal position if Luis Devers is in another organization to begin 2023. Um, Chase Strumpf is probably the guy that was closest and like might be most at risk. I don't think anybody's touching Pinango. Strumpf was a really solid player. He was a middle infield tandem with... Um, I think Ryan Kreidler at UCLA. Yep. Uh, Strump, he's a very talented player. Um, He doesn't have eye-popping athleticism. I also think he's dealt with some injury over his minor league career. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I don't think this is a guy that many teams are touching. I think the Cubs are are relatively safe here and they made the right decisions. Yeah, I think they absolutely did. Swing and miss issues in double A as a 24-year-old. Yeah, again, he's he's a, he's a solid prospect, but you know, I don't think you're you're losing sleep over over him. Chicago White Sox. They add Brian Ramos, they add Jose Rodriguez. Ramos third baseman, Rodriguez shortstop. They do not add Luis Mieses and Yelbert Sanchez. You're the White's you, you probably know the White Sox system as well as anybody. Um what do you what do you think here? I don't think they had a very tough decision to make. No, no tough decision. I mean, like, what is Mieses going to do for you that um, Oscar Colas couldn't do or a, a trade target couldn't do, even a minor trade target? And what's Gilbert Sanchez going to do that Lenin Sosa can't do for you? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, there are there are contingency plans here if plan A doesn't work um, and neither of these guys was plan B. They were like plan C or plan D. Um I don't know the way they don't have enough firepower in the system to like really, really care about the the guys that were rule five eligible. You know what I I mean? I love Brian Ramos though. Yeah. I like, I like Ramos, but the thing is their big ticket prospects are not anywhere close to rule five eligibility at this point. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. And that's why they're actually in a good spot uh, for, for the 40 man, at least. Yeah. Cincinnati Reds. With all of the influx of prospects, not nearly as much of a pinch as you'd think. Ellie De La Cruz, no-brainer. Noelvi Marte, no-brainer. Brandon Williamson, no-brainer. 
And they even had Levi Stout, who was acquired in that uh, in that Luis Castillo trade as well with Brandon Williamson. I would even argue that he's a no-brainer given his proximity. Still needs to get it going a little bit more in AAA, but an arm that would be taken without a doubt. They do not add Ivan Johnson. I was kind of expecting Ivan Johnson not to be added, but also, sorry, two more guys. Ricky Karcher gets added <laughs> and Lion Richardson. So... Ricky Karcher, I, I, I didn't have the video up, but I, I am so happy about this right now because you laughed at me when I said Ricky Karcher is is a big league reliever. You laughed. Can, can we can we put this on record right now? As as for those who are not watching on YouTube, Jack looks like he's about to pass out. Can can you just apologize to Ricky Karcher and me, bro? I did. I'm sorry, Ricky Karcher. I'm sorry for doubting you. I don't like watching you pitch. I don't. I objectively think you pitch like in a, in a very unenjoyable way. He's a hundred. No clue where it's going. Like the amount of times I've seen back to back four pitch walks from Ricky Karcher. I've seen him at two levels. I've seen him in high A and I've seen him in triple A. I've seen him throw probably nine times over the last two years. And seven times I've left pissed off that I had to sit through 20 minutes of Ricky Karcher throwing. I I understand the stuff is gross, but like there's no attention to detail. Like there's no finesse in his game. He's a brute force pitcher. Love it. 6'4", 225. He will come at you with 98 to 100. And then an upper 80 slider that is one of the nastiest I've seen in the minor leagues. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the B word. He feels like a Bodie guy. He feels like a Kyle Bodie guy. A leftover from the dry line. He does. But guess what? He's nasty. He could be in their bullpen. Um, the stuff, if he can just remotely hone it, is is big league back end caliber stuff. Lion Richardson. I feel like I a like name him. we've been hearing forever, but yeah. like at the same time, he's still only 22. Um he, he was worth protecting because the upside is still there. He's battled injuries, hasn't steadily been on the field as much as you'd like to see. But Richardson's got big time upside, I think, as a, as a pitcher. And I think we've been a little bit too quick to cool on him in the prospect industry. And yeah, he showed some good things in 2021. We, you know, we didn't see him pitch because of a elbow injury. Might have been Tommy John uh, through 2022. But he's got potential to be a very, very solid pitcher. And I'd be patient on him. I like Lion, man. I, I think that this is a guy that can consistently touch 100 if he's in a bullpen. And he's, he's much more enjoyable for me to watch than Ricky Karcher. Huge. He'll probably get some good some good opportunity as a starter, to be honest. And uh, Cleveland. By Guardian. the way, can I just say real quick, Clay Snowden, who is our Reds guy at Just Baseball, tried FaceTiming me just a minute ago. And I texted him. I said, recording the call up, you sexy beast, because um, that's how I text my homies. And then he said, and then I said, just, you know, spend some time. Um, blasting Ricky Karcher and Clay Snowden said he's bad. No, so. I, I, all right. Well, I'll talk to you when Ricky Karcher's got 20 saves at the big league level. Uh, Cleveland Guardians on Hell Martinez is added. Joey Cantillo is added. And I love that we can talk about Cantillo right now because we just interviewed Tanner Bybee, right handed pitching prospect in the Guardian system, who, if he was Rule 5 eligible, the biggest no brainer to be added, but he's not Rule 5 eligible because he was drafted in 2021 and already carved his way up to double A. He specifically on our YouTube StreamYard, you know, pitching breakdown episode mentioned Cantillo as someone who just does not get enough love and he thinks is nasty and is going to be really good. So Cantillo added Martinez, I saw in the fall league. He is one of my favorite breakout candidates. This guy's on the cusp of exploding. You can't teach the kind of twitch and, and explosive 
rotational power he has and, and the tools I think are really intriguing. Juan Brito, who we just talked about, who they just acquired, they acquire him, obviously add him. And Tim Heron, who I will admit I don't know anything about, left-handed pitching prospect. Did you see him at all in triple? Yeah, I saw him. He's he's fine. He's he's a generic lefty reliever. I think he's he's a taller guy, works top down. Like Heron, Heron's fine. Um, they didn't have many decisions to make here. Um, so it was it was very simple. Their big rule five crunch came at the end of the 2019 season. Is that right? Like last rule five yep. duration. Yeah. They, they yeah. added like 18 guys. I mean, you look at the guardians 40 man roster and it's like Valera, Rokio, young can Noel. It's like every notable prospect yep. that the guardians have was already rule five, except for on Martinez. I had a front row seat to a weekend of on Martinez in Fort Wayne this past year. I'm with you. I'm all the way in on this guy's breakout in 23. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and Tim Heron, by the way, 96 from the left side on the fastball, 86 mile an hour slider. So I think yeah. they're, they're figuring that at six foot six, they'll develop him into a, a reliever in that bullpen. We'll go Colorado Rockies. Warming Bernabeu added. Brenton Doyle added. Julio, Sir, or Carra, sorry, Julio Carreras added. Bernabeu third baseman, Doyle outfielder. Carrera shortstop. They also add Blair Callow, right-handed pitching prospect, and wait for it, Riley Pint, right-handed pitching prospect, who, man, forget warming, forget the other guys for a second. Riley Pint is the best story out of this whole freaking 40-man roster crunch. Riley Pint, I hope so. I hope Ricky Karcher doesn't see this somehow. I hope Riley Pine sees this and you just know Riley Pine. Like, we are rooting for you. This is awesome. This guy stepped away from baseball, retired, you know, just because I think it was all so much. He was struggling, just could not find the strike zone for years, battled injuries, all these things as one of the top picks in the draft. Was he number two? No, top five two. for sure. I think he was two. Yeah. And now to come back, he's a reliever now and had a great year overall and now gets added to the 40 man. What a story on Riley Pine. I I I can't wait to to hear more about it. I would be an honor to write it. Um if I can, if I could try to corral him somehow, I would love to hear about his adventure and when he does make his big league debut, it's going to be freaking awesome. Just again, congratulations to Riley Pine on getting added to the 40 man roster with the roller coaster that he has been, you know, through. Yeah, Pine uh fourth overall pick in 2016. I mean, this guy, he, he's 6'5", 225, so he's turned into a bigger guy. He's filled out. I think he was like 6'5", 160 pounds dripping wet um, when when he was taken out of high school. But, you know, this is a guy that had like the longest limbs ever. It was like crazy long levers and 104 miles an hour popped out of that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I this guy, I you know, you felt so bad when he retired. And here he is coming back, putting together a, a full season across double A for the most part. I'll take a four or five ER out of the bullpen if you're doing what Pint did. Um, you know, biggest thing to look at was the command and like six walks per nine is is not great, obviously. Um, but, you know, this this was a guy that when he was starting games, I mean, he, he actually couldn't throw strikes like he was yeah. like 10 to 11 walks per nine. So six mm -hmm. out of the bullpen is is palatable. And and he'll keep getting there. I think they just really like the direction he's heading in. And, and that seemed to be the trend. And if you look like start by start, he was starting to string together more or, or appearance by appearance. He was starting to string together better and better outings. Um, Guess what? In classic fashion, I think we're going to have to do like a two part rule five kind of thing here. So Probably. We'll, we'll stop halfway through. 
And then we'll have another episode out tomorrow with, with the, the last 15 teams. So that would cut us off, I think, right at the Marlins or, or one or two after. Um, but just wanted for a scheduling note there, we will be doing more Rule 5 guys or more 40-man protection on tomorrow's episode where we'll just have the 15 other teams so we can actually give them their due diligence. We're such a joke. I know we're a joke. We we never th- why don't we we're never proactive with this. We never we're, think before and then whatever. But the, the, there was more trades than we thought. Detroit Tigers. They add Reese Olson, Wenzel Perez, Parker Meadows, Andre Lipsius, right? Lipsius. Lipsius and Brent Brendan White. They do not add Austin Bergner, Elvis Alvarado, and Jose De La Cruz. I'll start with Austin Bergner as the scariest guy I ever saw in the summer circuit when I was in high school. Oh my gosh. I was like, didn't even want to hit. Uh, he was he was insane in high school, but he's actually carved out a nice little professional career after UNC, and he could be an arm that teams are interested in. So we'll get to him in a second. But real quick, let's hit on the positives. Reese Olsen, disgusting. He's, uh, he, he, he's number nine on, on – if you're following along on Pipeline, number nine on Pipeline, he's better than that. He's better. Um, than, yeah. Wenzel Perez – a guy that they that they just need in that system. Don't even risk exposing him if 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 you're not really dealing with that much of a forty man crunch. Parker Meadows has figured something the heck out. Yeah. Um, I saw it in the fall league. Look at his numbers. He's long. He had to figure out how to be more direct, compact to the ball. And I I think that the Tigers have the same takeaway. This kid has figured it out. He's toolsy. He's exciting. He's got the bloodlines. Don't have a ton on 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 Andre. What, what do you got on him? If you're correcting the last name, you must know. Yeah. So um, this is a guy that I've seen across a lot of different levels already. And I saw him in triple this past year. Um, Lipsius is a guy that is like a a very seasoned prospect. So he's the number 22 prospect in the Tiger system, according to Pipeline. This guy, I want to say is 24 years old. Um, He plays like he's 30. Um, He was a Tennessee volunteer right before, you know, Tennessee turned into that massive wagon. I think he was like a 2019 draft pick. Uh, out of Tennessee. And, and Lipsius is a guy that will swing and miss a little bit, but for the most part, not really. Like he's going to impact the ball a little bit, but for the most part, not really. He's got, if you were to grade him out, he's 50 to 55 and everything. Okay. I mean, that's pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. So he, he's a guy worth protecting because he would probably go to a, a team that's not that good. Surefire rule five picks that we've discussed at this point. Vodnik and I think Austin Bergner. I do think Bergner is a sure so fire Ber- five guy. Bergner really struggled in triple. Um, and and I and I think the lack of velo kind of trying to be too perfect at times got to him. But if you take out one or two blow up starts overall, he had a really solid year. He he was fantastic in double. Um, and he's he's big. He's six five, two hundred ten pounds. He's lost some of that velo that terrified me in high school. Uh, but you wonder if that can come back a little bit. I think he's a guy that could be worth a shot for a team. Again, he reached triple a has good pitch ability. The, the, the command issues were uncharacteristic across 28 and two thirds innings. I definitely think that's someone that, that should get a chance uh, from another team as even just a swingman spot starter, you know, clean up mop up duty type guy. And the Marlins took, I remember Paul Campbell in a real five draft. Like he's better than Paul Campbell. Um, Brendan white gets added as a non top 30 prospect fastball with ride. So it's always classic interest uh, and and he's got good enough secondary stuff that I, I think there's, there's some bullpen intrigue here with Brandon white Houston Astros. They add one dude and he's not in their top 30. Talk about a notable omission. Jaden Murray, not added Christian Gonzalez shortstop, not added 
Corey Jolks not added. Jaden Murray, right-handed pitching prospect. Another one that I think will absolutely get drafted. JP France was added to the roster. Um, you want to start with France or Jaden Murray? I Murray, I think. So Murray's a guy I've seen a lot of. We actually had him on. I don't know if it was this podcast or if it was locked on MLB prospects. Yeah, I think it was locked on. Yeah, it was locked on. Um, Murray's got good, like just he's just a good pitcher, man. I, I don't really know how else to put it. Like nothing jumps off the page. The fastball has good shape, so he's somebody that's going to get surprisingly a good amount of whiffs despite being more in the low nineties. You look at his numbers, and he was also part of that three-team Trey Mancini deal. So I was surprised to see him left off uh, in Double A with with the Astros. You know, I thought he was pretty darn solid in Triple A with the Rays, which was interesting that they, when he got traded, went back down to to Double. Uh, he, he only threw four innings and struggled, so they decided, hey, let's let's keep him in Double, but continued to to look good in Double. So I think this is another guy that with pitchability potential fringe back end of the rotation starter. If it all works out, I could see a team taking a chance on him. He's got a good slider as well. Yeah. Um, I, I'm in. Um, I, I thought that was really weird. Like, I don't know what kind of pressures they felt. I, I know they've got a bunch of guys that they were kind of like cycling through this past year. Like there wasn't going to be much turnover on the 40 men and who leaves in free agency. It was Guriel Mancini and, um, Vasquez, missing Vasquez, Montero's back. So they didn't have much leeway here. Uh, I'm just shocked that it was JP France and not Jaden Murray. If you've got a guy like Murray, keep him. I think they're just focused on next year and JP France, you know, potentially goes into to the bullpen or, or whatever. I don't, I, I was surprised. I was, I think they see more upside with France, but France is also two years older. And you look at what, what Jaden Murray has been able to do. Uh, it's just, churn out three, you know, low threes, ERA type years. I think he was in the high twos last year. It, it was surprising. It was surprising to see. And I think that's going to be an arm that people are definitely interested in. Yeah. hundred percent. So go to the Kansas city Royals. They add Alec Marsh who stuff wise is up there with, with anybody. Uh, and, and and somebody would have taken him just and figured it. I hope he figured it out in the bullpen. They had Diego Hernandez. And they add Samad Taylor, Hernandez outfielder, Taylor, second baseman. They also had a catching prospect in Freddie Furman, they notably leave off TJ Sakema, who was acquired in that Benintendi deal. So that we'll start with that. Um, is that is that as surprising to you as it is to me? Yeah, it is. It's really surprising. And Samad Taylor came back in the Whit Merrifield deal with yep. Toronto. Um, but Sakema, it was Sakema. Beckway and Chandler Champlain yeah. and way and Champlain were not rule five eligible. Sakema was Sakema was the most notable name. Beckway was the I, best prospect yeah, okay. that they got there back. We go. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Beckway was the best prospect that they got back, but Sakema was the most notable name because Sakema, you know, had a solid college career. And this was a guy that I think the Yankee fan base got excited about because he was a lefty that had solid stuff. Um, for a team that cannot spawn pitching to save their lives, I'm stunned they protect three position players and one pitcher. Yeah. Did you, have you seen TJ Sakema's stats? And they um, weren't good. They right? were really bad. They were worse than I yeah. thought. So that's the only reason why I'm bringing that up is it was worse than I thought. 
Um, He's going to sneak through. I like nobody's putting him on a major league roster. Double A, seven four four ERA in eight starts, thirty two yeah. innings, fifteen walks, twenty seven earned runs, twenty nine Ks. So, Samad Taylor, you know, upside, really athletic second base, can play outfield, can do a, little, a lot of things. Marsh, really electric arm. Diego Hernandez, I'll admit, I don't have much on, but. I would assume that if there's some upside and intrigue with him, that's somebody that they'd rather protect. He put up all right numbers in double A last year, put up really solid numbers in high A uh, between those two levels last year. So, and then Freddie Furman, I think is, is just a guy that they're going to plug right in as, as the backup catcher, which is weird. The third string guy. catcher, the organization yeah. guy that they just really want to keep 840 OPS last season. So um, I think it's more of just uh, an indictment on, on Sakema and, and how, rough he looked in double a for them you throw well you're added to the 40 you don't throw well you're not added to the 40 he did not throw well he's not added to the 40 angels not much they don't add jeremiah jackson they don't add jordan adams um if i told you that a few years ago you'd be shocked if i told you that now i just did you're not shocked they do add colton ingram and jose soriano a pair of pitching prospects that were not in pipelines top 30 I'll give you the floor on Jordan Adams while I pull up these two pitching prospects. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Adams is he's one of the biggest what ifs in, in recent memory prospect wise. Um, it was really exciting when the Angels went Joe Adele and then they went Jordan Adams because you thought, wow, you kind of got two of the same guy, like freak freak athletes that can be game changers uh if everything you know comes together not everything has come together for joe adele but enough has come together to make him a good big leaguer and a valuable big league piece moving forward nothing has come together for jordan adams which sucks like this guy he he had offers my understanding is he had offers at like carolina and nc state to play football. No, I think he, he was a high, high, high end four star, like one of the best wide receivers yeah. in the country. Like he was, he was like, I'm going to have an NFL contract in three years. If I opt to play football in, that would have been the expectation. Absolutely. Yes. Instead he opts to play baseball um, because the ceiling was just so stupidly high and the money's up front. Yeah. And money's all up front and it is just blown up in his face. It, it, it's really sad. It's tough. I will say I'm not going to swear him off yet. Um, just because of the athleticism, you could turn into a fourth outfielder. Uh, it, it could click for him later, but you know, it's been frustrating. Jeremiah Jackson, he continues to just tease us a little bit. He shows flashes. He's got great game power. He lifts the ball really well. He he's able to 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 really get carry on, on everything he hits, but he's pull happy and you know, is is a little bit exposed to the strikeouts. But I thought overall showed some good things. I don't see a team taking a chance on him, so they hold on to him. I still think that's a prospect that they are, you know, happy to hold on to and like. To, to talk to Colton Ingram and, and Jose Soriano, Colton Ingram, left-handed pitcher. He's 5'9", 170. That's what he's listed at. He's 26 years old. But from that low release point, he's been tough to hit. Double A last year, a 2.67 ERA, nearly 11 strikeouts per nine, only walked two and a half per nine out of the bullpen with 10 saves as their closer. If you want to look a little bit more at the stuff, low 90s with good shape, wipeout slider. Kind of interesting from a five foot nine left-handed pitcher. Yeah, I don't really have much to add. And then Jose Soriano, uh, he's a lower level guy. I'm honestly kind of surprised that they added him. Um, (laughs) I don't have much on that, honestly. Jose Soriano, (laughs) lower level guy that they added. The Angels are in a weird spot, man. I mean, we're going to talk Angels on the the Just Baseball show with Tyler Anderson, but there's... 
What's going on in the Angels system? No idea. No. Are they the worst system in baseball? No, they've gotten better. They've gotten better. It's not the worst. I don't know who the worst is, but it can't be them because of Neto, because of Ohapi. Um, when Ohapi graduates, are they... So the Angels did this thing where they got a lot of guys that it's like, oh, oh, with net, they had a great draft in terms of like name intrigue with Neto, with um, Ben Joyce, with Sonny Deshera. <laughs> like those, yeah, are those guys aren't like, names yeah. in the draft. Neto's a great yeah. prospect. The other two guys are like, you know, those are barely top. Those are mid, mid top 30 guys, back in top 30 guys. So I just, I don't see it, man. I mean, uh, Edgar Caro, Kai Bush. Edgar Caro's good. Kai Bush is good. Um, so Seth is, is pretty good. It's not yeah. great, but th- th- there's worse. Should we do two more systems and then save the rest for the next episode? Um, what would be the last system we do? Do we want to start with, with the banger of the Miami Marlins or do we want to finish with the banger of the Miami Marlins? <laughs> you want to start with the Marlins on the, on the next with the Marlins one Marlins tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I get to talk about my friend being left off the 40 man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Let, let's see how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> get tonight. Another night to sleep on it. Um, <laughs> Dodgers, Cartaya, Diego Cartaya, catching prospect, top 10 prospect in baseball. No brainer. Michael Bush, no brainer. Big power numbers in AAA, second baseman, but yeah, he, he can rake. Andy Pajes, another no brainer. Great numbers overall in AA, I think, for his age. I think people really are too hard on him for how young he is at that level and what he's able to do already. No brainer somebody would have taken him, even though he's a year or so off. And then maybe a little less than a year. I think he could get up by the end of next year. They don't add Jose Ramos. They don't add Carlos Duran. They don't add Ryan Ward. But they do add Johnny DeLuca, who you like. You want to start with Johnny DeLuca? Yeah, I I don't think we need to hit Cartaya, Bush, and Pajes. Absolutely not. Don't um, Johnny DeLuca. I do like because he is that mix of power and speed. He's a, he's a solid athlete. Think James Outman, but a little farther off. A lot of people fell in love with James Outman right away when he first got his, he'd be a no brainer ad too. If he was, if he was in the spot, but he's already there. Like Outman is a guy that can positively impact the LA Dodgers this year. Johnny DeLuca is cut from the Outman cloth. Another guy that is, not in the speed way, um, but a better hitter that I'm shocked was left off was Ryan Ward. Yeah. Ryan Ward at every single stop has mashed. Ryan Noda is not in the Dodgers system anymore. And all he did is mash. That's a guy that 29 other organizations would be thrilled to have. Ryan Ward, I hope, is in another organization because Ryan Ward can be a big league outfielder right now. I mean, like... I'm I'm going to go through his OPS by stop over the last couple of years because he is just so ridiculously good. Ward, 24 years old. He was an eighth-round pick out of Bryant in 2019. Ward, since he got out of Bryant's, let's see, Pioneer League, he had a 755 OPS. Okay, two years, uh, all of 2021 in high A, all of 2022 in double. 2021 in high A, 278. 352, 524, 27 homers, 84 driven in. This year in double A, 255, 319, 486, 28 homers, 78 driven in in double A. This guy just, ma- <coughs> sorry, this guy just mashes. I mean, 55 homers in, in two seasons here. I could see a team taking a chance. It's not like he K's egregiously. If he can find a way to walk a bit more, 9% walk rate in 2021 in high A. 
7.7% walk rate in, in double A. That seems like the missing piece, right? You'll get the WRC plus it's, it's surprisingly low off of the home runs because of the lack of, of walks batting average wise. If he's anywhere from 260 to 275, he's going to be fine. So if he can find a way to walk more, you need know, to be a little bit more patient of a hitter. I could see a team taking a chance on him, even though he hasn't played above double a, right? You would, whoever picks him up or if he's kept in LA, he's going to start next year in triple a. So maybe why not take a shot on a guy that, as you mentioned, you kind of set the scene has, has the power and continues to show it. And I, and I think can play some pretty good defense in the outfield. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can play solid defense in the outfield. I, I think there are better options, especially when you have Outman and Johnny and Johnny DeLuca. Like I don't fault the Dodgers for protecting DeLuca over Ryan Ward, because if Ward is 30, according to pipeline, DeLuca is probably 31. Yeah. Um, and he is just a better athlete, but Ward is a really good hitter. And I hope he gets an opportunity. Ramos intriguing prospects could upside, but you know, kind of in the same Pinango bucket, right? Somebody that's high a like, okay, take him if you want and try and yeah, do that. Like go ahead. Carlos Duran, good pitching prospect, high a guy as well. Go ahead, try. Um, so, you know, I think that was pretty, pretty easy. No brainer. Maybe the only decision that they had to make was DeLuca versus Ward. And like you said, DeLuca is a safer option and it makes more sense uh, in the short term, especially. What about we'll my guy, the rest? Choi? Oh, no, Hyunil Choi. I thought he was rule five eligible. Is he? I mean, dude, no one's taking Hyunil Choi. Yeah, he is eligible. Have you seen his numbers in, in the fall league? No, but I love him. So he's thrown like 86. Oh, that's so sad. I love Hyunil Choi. He also only pitched in high A this year. Um, so I don't I don't think anyone's worried about Hyunil Choi going, but he did add a little Louis Tiant spin. I saw him throw. Um, he's doing anything to try to get a little bit more deception in love there. That. Um, I love it. That'll do it for this one. Uh, we're going to come right back at you tomorrow with the rest of the rule five protections and non-protections. Of course, we can never fit it in one episode. I will say, though, if we didn't do the trades, we would have fit them all in. Any final thoughts on what we've discussed? I'm looking forward to talking about the Marlins and all the other teams. A lot more interesting uh, 40 men omissions and additions uh, to, to go through tomorrow. Yeah, I assume we're going to go through it tomorrow morning at some point. So if we need um, a, a little coffee and conversation, a good way to get immediately juiced is talking about Griffin Kona and being left off the 40 man. So, dude, yeah, I, I, I get it from a baseball sense, though. That's the thing. Like, I know it just it, sucks because he's your like, friend. Hey, Arm, do your there. job and, and talk about how your friend shouldn't have been on the 40 man. Yeah, like it sucks. But yeah, it sucks. So. You know what? It's a win-win. He gets taken to the rule five. He's going to the show. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> whatever. If someone's crazy enough to do it, do it. Uh, but all right, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Thank you as always for listening. Check out that interview with Tanner Bybee if you missed it. And keep up with us at justbaseball.com. We will be crushing all of the free agent outlooks and the rule five outlooks that you need to know about every player, uh, every prospect that you should look for. And also writing up every trade and everything that's going down as well. Continuing to turn out the top tens for each system. Those will be going out just about every other week as well. As always, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you about prospects tomorrow. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.